Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Amen. We're going to continue um, talking about prayer, what prayer is. We know that prayer is communicating with God and is us communicating with God and God communicating back with us. And one thing that I like to do is to hear God. So in order for us to hear God, we have to be quiet at times. Be still and know that he is God. That means we can't be anxious and, you know, having fear and having things that would get in the way of us hearing what God has to say. Last week we were talking about how does God speak to you, well, the week before. How does God speak to you? And um, I'm going to go back over um, how God speaks to us. Um, it's through the word. I went through Second Timothy three sixteen through 17, which the um, Amplified Bible says, all scripture is inspired by God, meaning that it's, it's breathed out by God. It is God's breath. And it's useful for teaching, for showing people what is wrong in their lives, refuting error, rebuking for correcting faults, and for teaching how to live righteous, training in righteousness, or teaching how to live right, using the scriptures that the person who serves God will be capable, competent, having all that is needed, fully equipped to do every good work. So it's so important that we get into the word and the word get into us I'm finding out no matter how long you've been saved, if it's been 20 years, 30 years, or it's just been a day, if you do not have the word of God and getting in the word and letting the word get into you, even though all of us are joined unto Christ and we're one with him and as he is, so are we in the world, we will still have division in the body of Christ. Meaning that if someone is giving you the word of God in situations and you're not in the word then there would be conflict between you and another person because even though that person is born again you would think that that person would accept the word for what it is but if they're never in the word it's just like they don't understand what you're saying unto them even though they're born again now we do have the holy spirit to teach us the holy spirit is there to teach us But if you're not spending time in the word of God, the Holy Spirit only testifies. He bears witness to the word. So if we close our heart off uh, to the word, we're closing our heart off really to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, he's the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. So this is why it is so important that we have to know we are in the world. But we're not of the world. That's what Jesus was talking about in St. John, the 17th chapter, when he was praying to the Father. We're in the world, but we're not of the world, so we don't do what the world does. When we were living in the world, we were acting just like those that were in the world. 
But when we become born again, this is why we have to make our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable service. This is our act of worship. That's in Romans 12, verse 1. But then verse 2, it tells us how to do this. It tells us to be not conformed, be not shaped into the custom, be not adapted, molded into the things of the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, change. Your change comes by renewing your mind according to the word of God. When we renew our mind according to the word of God, we'll be able to prove what his will is, what his good and acceptable will is. But until we do that, we will be coming against one another. Because if a person is standing on the word of God and the other person is um, not in the word or is not accepting the word, there is going to be division and believers will end up hating one another. Because one believer would say, oh, you think you know more than me. Oh, you think you know the word better than I do. But if they're just giving you what the Holy Spirit is bringing back to them to give to you, it's not up to us to be mad at them. And I think that's the problem in the body of Christ. People get so upset when you bring forth truth, when you bring forth the word of God. So spending time with the word, the more you spend time with a person, with the thing, whatever you spend time with, that's what you're going to become like. If we spend most of our time watching television, that's what we're going to talk about all the time. It's what we watched on television. If, if it's the news, if it's a sitcom, if it's a, a series on television, that's getting into our minds. So that's what we're going to be thinking about. When you lay down, you end up dreaming about where you've been. And then we're trying to determine, is God telling me something? You need to think about what were you watching all week. What were you entertaining all week? If you lay down with the word of God, you've been ministered to even when you laying down at night to sleep. The enemy knows how important the word is. So what he's going to do is keep us from the word. He's going to keep our mind on things outside of the word of God. The Bible says he will keep us in perfect peace who mine is stayed on thee because we trust him. So our peace comes from our mind staying on who? Staying on God. So even in the midst of our trouble, and we know it's trouble all around, when we have been in the word and we, when we have been meditating on the word, that's where our mind is going to go. And when our mind go there, guess what? It's going to connect with our spirit. And the peace that comes from the spirit is going to give us peace even in the midst of the trouble. So if we don't get into the word and let the word get into us, it's going in one ear and it's coming out of another. And people think people are against them, but they're not against them. Because if he can be for us, if God can be for us, who can be against us? This is why it's so important, saints, set apart ones. Get into your word. Let the word get into you because the enemy want to bring hate crimes in the church. Yeah, a hate crime in the church. He want us to hate one another. And God is not about hate. He's about love. And I'm still talking about prayer. Because in order to commune with God and communicate with him, it is through his word. And when we give God his word, God, you know, that's him. He is the word. He know where we've been. 
you know, because we're giving him back the word of God. We went over um, John 6, 63, and we're talking about how God speaks through the word of God. Y'all, the word of God is so powerful. The word of God is what brings us life. The word of God is what quickens us, makes us alive. And it says in John 6, 63, y'all are familiar with this. It is the spirit that gives life. That means it is the spirit that quickens. When we go back to Genesis, and we talked about this before in chapter 2, when he formed the body from the dust of the ground. That was just a body. It was just a shell. But when God came and he breathed the breath of life, that was his spirit. He breathed it into that body. Then the body became a living soul. Without the spirit of God in us, we would be dead even though we're walking. So God's spirit is what gives us life. That's why the Bible say it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits us nothing. This is the part of us that we lean and depend on more. It's the flesh. Because whatever flesh wants, we give it to the flesh. But if we know what the word of God says, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits us nothing. If we know that the flesh is not going to profit us anything, why are, we trying, why are we trying to hold on to flesh? We have to crucify the flesh through the word of God because flesh is going to act up. Why is flesh going to act up? Because flesh don't want to die. That means that before we got born again, we lived in a world and still living in the world that's full of sin. We got used to some things that we were doing and it seemed normal. Remember back in Genesis when the world was so tore up, sin was everywhere, and God said, you know what? I'm going to literally destroy man because of the sin, because every imagination of their hearts is evil continually. That means on a day-to-day basis, they're thinking stuff that is not right. And God said, I got to do away with that. So without the Holy Spirit in us, who's keeping us, To live here on this earth, y'all, we will be a hot mess. This is what's going on in the world. I know y'all heard before you came to Bible study, 14 children killed and one adult over there in Texas. That's evil. That's what this world is full of, evil. This is why we got to stay so in connection with our Father. Early in the morning, we need to seek him. We need to seek him when we get up. We need to seek him through the day. We need to seek him before we lay down. Our hearts need to be open and receptive to him to ask him, God, I don't know what's going to happen today, but you know all things. God, what do you want me to do? We don't know if some parents heard God and said, don't send your children. We don't know what went on. But later on, you'll find out some people say, I just felt like I shouldn't have sent my child. I just felt an unction. I didn't know what it was. Or a child may have said, I don't want to go to school today. And the parent might be feeling guilty saying, why did I let my child go? He told me he didn't want to go, but I didn't have nowhere to take him. So we have to be so open to hear when the spirit is speaking. Because he is about life. He is not about death. How do I know? Because the Bible says the spirit gives life. Even when we die, what dies is the body. The spirit, the life in you is still living. It's still alive. So though we were dead, we yet still live. That's the resurrection. 
So this is why we have to stay connected with the word of God. Because after he said that it is the spirit that quickens, make alive the flesh profit you nothing. He said the words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. And this is what the enemy does not want spoken. This is why he's coming at us all the time. He want us to be down because he want death in this world. He don't want nobody to speak life. He don't want nobody to speak the word of God. He want us to talk foolishness all the time. God gives all of us an opportunity on a day-to-day basis. All of us meet people every day. Whether it's family, whether it's co-workers, no matter who it is, we need somebody to speak life. To let them know there is life, not death. The life that God come to give us is Zoe life. It's eternal life. It's a life, life that never ceased to exist. Meaning that though we were dead, yet we shall still live. God give us an opportunity to talk with people. When they're talking foolishness, we have to turn the table. And we have to say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to speak what you would have for me to speak. Help me that when I open my mouth, you have already filled it. Because the more you get into the word, you can't help but talk about the word. That's going to be your lifestyle. Some people say, that's all they talk. That's all they talk. It's the word, the word, the word. They just don't want to shut up. No, you mad. Because that, that spirit that's in you don't like life. That spirit that's in you like death. That spirit that's in you like gossip. If I was gossiping about somebody, husband slept around with somebody else's wife, you would be my best friend. But when I'm telling you through the unction of the Holy Spirit, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're talking and I'm saying, you know, God is saying that that lady next door, you got to be leery of that lady. God is speaking, a, a, you know, prophesying into that person's life. And, the, and then the, the man that you're ministering to, he know he's been sneaking and creeping. So now he's mad. Because you're telling them about the lady next door. Well, you don't need to be talking about people. That ain't godly. You don't need to know when the spirit is talking. So see, people want you to shut up when truth is being revealed. As long as you're talking foolishness, people want to hear that. But when you begin to speak on where you've been, people don't want to hear that. So this is why there is life that comes through the word of God. I just love the scripture. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Why? Because they are life unto all those that find them and medicine to all your flesh. The enemy knows what this word will do. This is why he want confusion. This is why he want division. This is why he want us to always think about us. That's flesh. It ain't about us no more. It's all about what he done for us. So we live our life through him. If I'm showing up, then guess what? I'm not recognizing who I am now that I'm in him. If I'm showing up all the time, if I'm trying to make people see me, hear me, be attached to me, you know where I've been. I'm always looking at what people done to me. I'm always looking at how I feel. But if I know who I am in him, I get past flesh. 
I'm walking in the spirit and I ain't entertaining the flesh, even though the flesh want to be entertained. So it takes the word of God, y'all, in order for us to make it. It takes the word of God on a daily basis. I'll give you an example. The Bible says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Is that not what the word says in Matthew 4, 4, right? It said man does not live by bread alone. I want to ask y'all a question. How many of us know we need food? to live how many how many may eat three meals a day how many come on can we have some hands i'll put it this way how many eat one meal in the equal three you still had three meals i had to correct it because i'm hearing the holy spirit some people say well i don't eat breakfast i i, I just eat dinner but you eat Three times as much for dinner, so you done made up for the other two you missed. Because you sit there and you get full until you're full. Is that not right? Okay, if we take that time, if we know we're supposed to have three meals a day, right, to make it. But we don't, we just give God a snack. We give our spirit a snack. That snack ain't going to hold you. No, it's not. We just snack when it comes to the word of God. How do we, how do we snack? I, I heard smack. <laughs> how do we snack? We snack by taking one scripture, reading it, and think that's going to carry us for a whole week. That's my snack. But when it comes to eating, how many of us go to a buffet? Some of us get one plate, sit there and talk off that plate, go back and get another plate. And if the time permit, you talk off that plate and you go back and get another plate. You don't have your three meals, right? Because you, your body is requiring that. But you know why your flesh is requiring it? Because that's where you have your flesh. Whatever you give your flesh for a long period of time, this is what your flesh wants. And let me tell you, all of us in this room, we started out small. Some of us didn't. Y'all, let's be honest. And the more we eat, what happens? We grow, right? Some of us grow where we don't want to grow, but we grow. The thing is, it ain't hard to, to, to get there to, to grow, but it's hard to take it off. Y'all notice that? It's harder to get it off than it is to put it on. And then we, our willpower be weak. That's part of the flesh. Willpower is saying, I'm a backup, I'm a backup, I'm a backup. But when you really make up your mind to back up, what you do? You back up. But when it comes to feeding your spirit snacks, we keep doing that and we think we've done something. The enemy don't mind you giving your spirit snacks because that's when he's coming in to dominate. That's when he's setting up a trap and you ain't going to be ready because you're just eating snacks. You faint even before you take a step forward. Because you're not feeding yourself with the word of God. If you don't feed yourself with the word of God, you can't walk with somebody that's in agreement with the word of God because you'll pass out before you even get ready to attack that demon. That's why it's important to have the word more than you have anything else. We have to have the word morning, noon, and night, and in between. 
We have to make sure we're carriers of the word of God because we don't know whom we're going to meet or what we're going to meet. So we got to know what to say and how to say it and when to say it. We got to know what to do at all times. And it can't be no laughing and joking and talking foolishness because the devil know where to hit you at. He know your weakness because he watch you. If he don't get you, he'll get your husband. If he don't get your husband, he'll get the wife. If he don't get the wife, he's going to get them kids. And if he don't get the kids, he's going to get the animals. He's going to get what you love. If he don't get that, he's going to go after your material things. But that's why we got to stay so well-rounded in the word. This is why it says, it is the spirit that gives you life. It didn't say flesh give it to you. And when we spend more time with flesh than we spend with the word of God, then that's what we're going to get, fleshly things. Then it goes on to say in 2 Peter verse uh, chapter 1, verse 21, it says, No prophecy ever came from what a person wanted to say. So we got to understand the word of God did not come because of man saying the word of God came through man because of what God said to man. It did not go, come outside of God. So this is why we have to know what the word of God is saying. So if man is twisting the word, the Holy Spirit will give us an unction and say, that don't line up. That's not what the word of God says. So this is why it's so important that we know the word of God. Isaiah 55, we know this one, 10 and 11. But in in 11 is talking about God's word does not come back, what, void. It's not going to come back to him empty. But it's going to go out and accomplish whatever God is sending that word to do. It's going to happen. It's going to be successful. It's going to succeed. Nothing can stop it. That's why we have to know for surety what the word of God is saying. Because the word is not going to be stopped. The only way the word gets stopped on our behalf is when we don't believe it. When we don't believe it. God's word is sure. God's word is going to do what God says it's going to do, but we got to grab hold by faith and believe what the word is saying outside of what we see. That's why the Bible said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Your faith is your title deed for what you're hoping for. So your assurance, meaning that God, I'm standing on your word. And I'm standing on your word because your word is sure. God, your word is not going to come back to you empty. This is why the angels are waiting because they're hearkening to the voice of the word. They're waiting to take off, to accomplish, to make happen what God is sending the word to do. But we leave our angels on break. Those angels of yours are saying, I'm ready to come off break. And each time you say something, you back up and you void it by what you're saying. God's word will not go back to him void, but the angel, he's taken off with that word. And all of a sudden, we stop the word and say, well, is that really going to happen? So the angel said, well, I'm back on break. Because they hearken to the voice of who? Of God. The angels are paying attention to hear what's being sent. So they can go out and carry. They are carriers of the word of God. And they're only going to hearken unto the voice of God. With what's being spoken. So that's why we have to spend time with the word of God. To hear what God wants us to speak. 
it's not about memorizing scriptures. It's about living them. You can memorize all you want. You can quote all you want. But if your life is not lining up with what you're quoting, then it's nothing. Once you meditate on the word and the word become a part of you, that's just a part of you. That's just how you live. There's no other way you can live. That's just who you are. Things that, um, how can I say, things that God don't like, you don't like. Things God hate, you hate. Things God like, you like. Why? Because he's your father. You're raised by him. Why? Because you're in the word and you know what he like. Thing, and this is why when the Bible says study to be quiet, that means stay out of other people's business. That means study to be quiet. Well, why are you not saying it? Because it's none of my business. But sometimes we get all up in the people business because we want to be nosy. So we have to be so careful to say, God, everything that I do, I want to do it unto you. I want you to be glorified. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see you. The more you're into the word of God, the more you see your life changing for the better. The more you grab and hold to what God's word is doing, it don't become grievous to you. It just becomes so much a part of you. You're just doing it and you're living out what the word of God is saying. So then we looked at another scripture. I want to go to useful for teaching, correction, and rebuke. The word of God is useful for teaching and it's for correction and rebuke. That's that reproof. Look at Matthew 22, 23 through 33. This is dealing with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And this is what they were saying to Jesus, trying to trick Jesus. The same day, some Sadducees came to Jesus and asked him a question. They, they believed that people would not rise from the dead. That's the Sadducees. They said, teacher, master. They said, teacher Moses said, if a married man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and have children and raise up the seed. So what this is talking about, if he had seven brothers, all seven brothers supposed to have taken that wife. If one brother died, the next brother take that wife and it go down the line. But if they were asked and they said, if all of them die and she dies, they're asking who would have her when they go to heaven. This is what Jesus said. Jesus answered in verse 29. You don't understand or mistaken deceived because you don't know what the scriptures say, say. And you don't know about the power of God. So look at what Jesus was telling them. This is what the scripture does for you. It teaches you. The word of God is supposed to teach you. So when somebody try to trip you up. Or when somebody is saying something outside of the word of God, you don't receive it because you know that's not what God is saying. They don't have revelation on that. They're just reading something. They're taking it. They're running with it. And they're saying God said, but that's not what God was saying. So Jesus said, you don't know the scriptures. You don't know the power of God. Then Jesus began to break this down. 
He said, when people rise from the dead at the resurrection, they will not marry, nor will they be given to someone to marry. They will be like the angels in heaven. Surely you have read, have you not read what God said to you about rising concerning the resurrection from the dead? God said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is still the God of the patriarchs, so that must have a continued existence after death. God is the God of the living and not the dead. So what he's saying is, even when they die, they still live. He said, you don't know the scripture. See, when people don't know the scripture and they're acting like they know the scripture, they put that out there to bring confusion in the body of Christ. It's not because they're trying to bring confusion, but because they don't know and they're talking about it, they're putting in people's ears what God didn't say. And by them doing that, people go talk about it, and then people say, no, that ain't what the Scripture said. You going on what somebody told you, but you didn't search the Scriptures for yourself. You didn't get revelation for yourself. You went on what somebody said because that's what they believe. So this is why we have to go in the word of God and allow the word to teach us. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us. When we don't know, the Holy Spirit will illuminate the word. He will quicken us according to the word. He will shine a light on the word of God. That's just like me and my husband. If he's in the word every day and I'm not in the word every day and he began to tell me something and I'll go, this is not happening. I'll look at him and say, where in the world you get that from? They ain't, they ain't what that scripture say. That's not what I was taught. That's a lie. So as, if he d- does not rebuke me or correct me and leave me to myself, I'm going to believe a lie and not believe the truth. So this is why we have to be on one accord. A divided house will not stand. How can we walk together if we're not in agreement? The enemy knows that. This is why he wants um, one person in the house to be out of order. Because he knows that one person is out of order, it's going to shake up that house. But if the person that's in order is not moved by the person that's trying to shake up that house, that person is going to rebuke, that person is going to bring correction, and that's what teaching does. Anyone that says that they are a teacher and they do not rebuke, they do not correct, they're not a good teacher. Any person who said that they are a teacher and they hear something wrong and they sit there and they don't bring correction is not a good teacher. Because I'm going to get there. I got to get there. Go with me to Galatians. 2 11 through 16 this is peter and paul y'all remember peter how peter in acts chapter 10 he had gotten a word from god that cornelius needed his help y'all know about that and god let peter know that there was nothing that was unclean meaning that the gentiles would receive Um, the word of God, just like they would, and they didn't have to go through what the Jews went through. I'm just paraphrasing it. Peter knew this, and he sat with the Gentiles. And by him telling them what God had told him, those people in that house were saved. But all of a sudden, in Galatians 2, verse 11 through 16, this is what happened. When Peter was come to Antioch, he said, I withstood him to... The face, this is Paul, 
because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James that these are the Jews, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews disassembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with a dissimulation. But when I saw, y'all grab this, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly, according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Paul rebuked, he correct, he brought in teaching. That's a good teacher. Did he do it openly? Yes, he did. Now, you got some people saying, you do not rebuke people. That's not showing the love of God. Well, you in error if you don't. Because if someone is teaching and you got a crowd of people, you got to stand up. You got to speak truth in love and you got to tell them what the word of God is saying, not what the word of God is not saying. And if you cannot do that, you're not taught the right way. Because the word tells you this is what the word's supposed to do. You're supposed to bring correction. You do not sit and let somebody be in error when there's a problem, do you? You openly, in love, tell people what's going on. Is that not true? Now, I was listening to a teaching with one of my teachers, and I love this. They were teaching and they were getting ready to go over something. And Apostle Cross had stopped them on something that they were getting ready to go over that would not edify the body. It was, it was something that they were researching that they were going to talk about. And she said, no. So as I was listening, I went back through it. I said, thank you. She did right. She brought correction because if that had been read that way out of something, somebody else would have thought I could use that too. And that's not, if anything is not written in this word, God put in the Bible what he want to be in the Bible. You do not go find no lost books. If it ain't in here in these 66 books, you do not go online and go off of, what's his name? Enoch, the teachers of Enoch or something like that. They say it was lost, so we're going to pull up online Enoch, and we're going to bring it right here, and we're going to add some more books. If it's not in this Bible, you don't add to it, and you don't take away from it. So we have to be so careful with what we're hearing. See, that's when you know where you are. You do not accept everything because it come off the Internet. We don't do it. We helpers of one another. So we supposed to, if something don't sound right, or we have to say, can you explain that again? You might have to explain it this way because some people might be coming at it in another way. I think I explained it something one Sunday somebody had said. They didn't bring it out fully the way it needed to be brought out. And I came back two Tuesdays ago and I was bringing it out again because I said, I don't want people to be confused. We have to make sure that we bring things out the right way. 
not trying to say I got another revelation. God gave me another revelation. We got to be so careful. There was this um, pastor that he um, was in school. He's, he's now a pastor, but he went to school. And the teacher, which supposed to have been a pastor per se, was teaching a class in the college. And the stuff that he was saying, he said it didn't agree with his spirit. The Holy Spirit checked him and said, that ain't right. So he, he said, I'm going to have to go talk to him to get an understanding of what he's saying because I don't agree with him. So when he sat down with this man and this man began to say, I have all of these degrees in theology and just naming all these. I went to Harvard and got all these degrees in theology and all of this. So he asked him, he said, okay, I need to ask you. You know, they go by denominations. He was trying to get to the bottom of what denomination are you of? And he said, I thought you were a Presbyterian and, you know, they do believe in Jesus. He said, I selected that one, but actually, he said, I'm a Buddhist. He said, you're what? He said, I'm a Buddhist. I don't believe in what they believe, but he's teaching lies. The man that was in his word, this pastor that was in his class, that was in the word, he knew it was lies, so he confronted him with the lie. He said, so you teaching us Buddhist stuff, <laughs> and it's under false pretenses. Yes. So if you don't know what the word says, everything that sound good ain't good. Everything that look good ain't good. So you don't just sit there because you feel like it's, it's touching you somewhere. That don't mean it's God. It could be a familiar spirit. That's why it's so important that you get in the word of God. That's why even while I'm teaching you tonight, you need to be writing down these scriptures and you need to ask the Lord, Lord, speak to me. Lord, open up this word unto me. Lord, it's a scripture that stuck with me that she said, I don't quite understand it. So, Lord, help me to get the understanding that I need. Wisdom is the principal thing, but in all you're getting, we get what? We get understanding. Some things we may not understand, we get understanding. Another example, the Lord just put it before me. We were standing around the altar in prayer, and this woman was praying, and I think she was speaking deaf can't remember exactly what she was saying. So I said, I'm going to sit here and see who's going to correct this woman. I, I know she's wrong. I'm going to see who's going to correct her. Rest Brother John's soul. As I was like this right here, I looked up Brother John looking at me. I did just like this. I said, I'm going to wait. He waiting on me to say something. So I just did like that. Finally, nobody said nothing. Then I said something. Brother John said, pass, 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 pass. I know she was wrong. That, that message wasn't right. I said, why don't you say something? I'm waiting on you. Is that right? Kathy, do you remember that day? Praying for the kids. She was being deaf, wasn't she? I mean, she was killing them kids. That's when we bring correction, rebuke, because the word of God is useful. For teaching, for rebuke, and correction. I'd rather for a person not to like me than to let them leave out with something that's not right. 
I'd rather bring correction right then or later on saying, wait a minute, it was something I said that may have gotten turned the wrong way, so let me say it again. I'll give you another example. Someone, someone came to me and said something that I had said. It was dealing with when we had our anniversary. And they come to me in a loving way because they thought this is what they heard I said. When I got to the deacon, I said a deacon does not rule a pastor. So they were saying, I said, ain't no deacon going to rule me. I, I said, okay, thank you. So I had my husband. My husband went back on that teaching. He said, that's not what you said. This is exactly what you said. What you said, you said. When you don't know the patterns of God and how things need to be, you're going to go on the way you think things need to be done. And if that ain't God's way, we're supposed to rebuke. We're supposed to correct in love. The next thing that the scriptures do, it show us how to live righteously. It instructs us in righteousness how to live right. We're going to go back to Josiah. Josiah in 2 Kings, beginning at the 27th, 22nd chapter, Josiah, now let me, let me beg you to differ. Now I have said to y'all, and I said again, I didn't say it that day when everybody was in here for the anniversary, but I have told y'all, ain't no deacon going to rule me. I have said that, but not that day. The reason why I said that, because I know what the word says. So I'm not going to go outside of what the word says. I heard that, so I had to bring that in before I go here. Anyway, 2 Kings 22, verse 11. This is Josiah. It says in verse 11, And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes. So what happened was Josiah was a king. And when the book of the law got read to Josiah, he began to go into mourning. Because he heard truth. When you look at verse 18 through 20, um, um, they went to a prophetess. And this is what the prophetess has said in verse 18. But to the king of Judah, which is Josiah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, say this. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words you have heard. She's talking about the words that Josiah heard from the book of the law. Because your heart was tender. And penitent, and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I said against this place, against its inhabitants, that they should become a come a desolation and astonishment, a curse, and you have rent your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. So listen at this. Josiah heard what the book of the law was saying about Israel because of their disobedience. It hurt him so much. He began to humble himself on the behalf of the people. He began to mourn. He began to weep because he knew they hadn't done what the Lord told him to do. So his heart was open to repentance. He wanted to turn from all of that. So his heart was changed. When you get into the word of God, your heart's supposed to turn away from sin and turn to God. I don't care how saved you are. 
The word of God will change you on a daily basis. The word of God will have you loving your enemy, even if your enemy hates you. The word of God will have you asking for forgiveness, even if you ain't done no wrong. The word of God will have you so humble that you ain't worrying about how people feel about you. You just want to do what the word tells you to do. This was Josiah. And the Lord said, Behold, therefore, King Josiah, I will gather you to your fathers, taking you taken to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring on this place. And they brought the king word. So look at what happened to Josiah. When he heard the word of God, he humbled himself. The word's supposed to humble you. The word will take you out of you, which is pride, because pride want to be exalted. When you get into the word of God and you're reading the word of God and the word of God says, you know, where there's pride, there's a fall or God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. You know what? If you're a proud person, when you read that word, all of a sudden you like, forgive me, Lord. I've been prideful. Nobody in this place. If you really in the word of God, the word is going to speak to you where you at. The word is going to let you know you wrong. And even when you go to God and you talking about everybody else and how wrong they are, if you go into him with an open heart, he will tell you, go apologize. But daddy, Abba God, father in heaven, I ain't done nothing. I want you to go apologize. Regardless if you did anything or not. Love those that hate you. Y'all, I heard the word in my, in my hurt. Lord knows in the midst of being in a lion den. When I didn't want to help my boss that um, got people in the office to talk me down. To get me out of my position. And even my money. They took my money. Gave me the lowest position, y'all. But when they asked me to give that man some money. I ain't giving him nothing. Soon as I said that within, I heard the scripture. Bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use. I took my money out my pocketbook, which I was going to use for lunch because they already scripted me of money, y'all. I couldn't even go out and eat lunch no more. Couldn't go home and find nothing to eat lunch with no more. I had to make do with what I had. But I gave because I heard the word speaking. That's why it's no way you can go into prayer without the word. You can't because God is his word. And when you speak into God and you speak in his word, God is hearing you. That's why you can say, and this is the confidence. This is the boldness and the assurance that I have in him. That whatever I asked him according to his word, he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, I know that I have the petition that I have asked him for. But if you're not in the word and know what the word does, y'all, it's more than just saying I do. Married couple, do y'all, couples, do y'all know it's more than just saying I do, baby? If you don't, something is wrong. Because throughout the years, sometimes you want to say, I don't, I don't, I don't, and why did I? Come on, somebody. Men, y'all know, don't you? Y'all trying to hold tight right now. Because you say that, but then after it's all over, oh, I love you, baby. 
You're the best thing that happened in my life. Wait for the next episode. Because one woman stood up in Bible study and say that. What did she call that man? Rascal. That no good rascal. I said, "Uh uh-oh. He threw when she get home. The thing is, when you go into the word and the word is getting in you, you don't come out of prayer the same. I don't care if the devil meets you at the door. When you're where you're supposed to be in the Lord and you don't spend time in the presence of the Lord, I don't care if the devil's standing right at the door. You have to use the word of God. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to that spirit that's using you. We don't supposed to be the same when we're in the word of God. Amen. Y'all, we got a long way to go, but we're going to get there. Every time I want to move forward, God back me up. And when he backed me up, I love it. Because I can get more and more into the word of God and see more and more of what God is saying through the word. And he's reminding me of something right quick. This is what the Lord is saying in Proverbs 6. I gave this to y'all before. Verse 22. When thou go, this is the word, it shall lead thee. When thou sleep, it shall keep thee. And when thou awake, it shall talk with thee. I'm going to say it again. Verse 21 first. Let me go to 20. My son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou go, it shall lead thee. When you go, the word's going to lead you. When you sleep, it shall keep you. Isn't that something? And when you awake, it shall talk with thee. That's why we got to keep the word, y'all. The word got to be first and foremost in our lives. Everything else takes the back burner. We want to be in it the time we get up. We want to be in it throughout the day. We want to be in it when we lay down. Why? Because when we wake up, the word is talking. I don't know about y'all. Sometimes I wake up and God will give me a song. He'll give me a song to sing that's so full of his word. Oh, he'll remind me of what the word is have said by me laying down with the word. I'm telling you, it's awesome. If you lay down in strife, you're going to wake up with strife. That's why the Bible say, be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You don't go to sleep angry because everything happens in your sleep when you're angry. There's a warfare going on. You want to settle disagreements before you lay down. Regardless if they don't want to say nothing to you or not, what you do, you apologize. Y'all, it was a time in me and my husband's life, we had gotten a disagreement. He asked me, he said, you want me to sleep in another room? No, I don't. You always slept here and this is where you're going to sleep. I ain't give the devil no room. Why? Because I know who I am. You're not going to separate us and put us in another room. No, we're going to handle this. See, this is what we're supposed to do. When we know who he is, no matter how a person has hurt you or what they said or what they did, you don't put them on the couch. For better, for worse. For richer, for poor. For sickness and in health. Until death do you part. Don't kill them, though. <laughs> don't kill them. I'm, I'm going to leave this little saying, which I remember. Kathy Rick, remember this, and I ain't calling no names. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning. Nope, 
about 11, 12 o'clock, we had gotten a call. Me and my husband, this couple, was having a time. Thank God for Kathy and Rick back then, too. It was so funny. We got over there, and this couple, they was hard at it at each other. Man, they were hard at it. And me and my husband had left our children at home in the bed sleep. They didn't know we were gone. Left them home, went over there trying to handle some business. It was tough. Come to church next day. They were hating each other that night. Couldn't talk no sense in them. I said, I'm going home. This is, this is just foolishness. Next day in church. Come in here holding hands like nothing ain't happened. I did like this. They said, yes, pastor. I said, I come to a conclusion. They said, what is it, pastor? I said, both of you are just crazy. Dressed like two. Like that, I learned my lesson that night. I said, I'm going to leave my house. And they laughing like they just come off a honeymoon. Ain't that true? Is that true? And we like, we can tell where they being right. It wasn't in the word. But y'all can tell where we been. <laughs> it was in the word. Because I had to preach that day. And they were just as happy as they can be. Y'all, it takes the word to live. And if you're not in it the way you need to be, you're going to come out against people because you don't know what the word is saying. And you ain't thinking about it. The only thing you're thinking about is how you feel and what you want. The more you get into the word, the more you have life and do what the word is saying that you can do. Do we have any announcements at this time?
wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.